Praise the Lord. Yeah, God is good. Today has been a very heavy weekend for me, full of prayers, few hours of sleep, of seeking the Lord and preaching, getting ready for a lot of stuff. Thank God we're making it true. Can I hear amen? I said I feel like taking a vacation. Just take one week, one week off and nobody will see me for one week. It's been really, honestly, a time of a lot of prayers and seeking God and uh, not sleeping much. It worked out fine. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you in all things. We give you praise. Give you glory. You are the Lord, our strength. You are the Lord, our confidence. We are so excited that we don't have to bother. You are the one that plans it all, executes it all. All we do is receive and follow you. Even at this hour, we thank you, for you will speak. We will speak. You will teach us. And we be your children. You gave us to know the things of your kingdom. You will open our eyes to see and to hear you. In Jesus' name we pray. So today we just prepare. You know, our theme is blessed. And so we've been going through a stuff of kind of precious things, foundational issues. Because it's not today you had blessed. And it's not today you had the things that you are blessed with. But not a lot of people really experience them. So we're trying to kind of go to the background and see where and where we are really missing this, you know, so that we connect and experience all the blessings that Jesus died for us to have. If I go through them, you know them by your head. But the issue is now experiencing the whole blessings that God gave us through Christ Jesus. And then last Sunday, we were introducing some things and they said to help us understand scriptures, you understand that the, the Holy Spirit speaks with metaphors. And there's another word I didn't introduce, but I want to introduce today. I hope it doesn't throw you. It's called allegories, allegories, and then parables. And the scripture said the reason it's like that is that unless casual seekers don't get the stuff from God, it's a treasure. You've got to know the word of God, find it as treasure, and seek it. The scripture says you seek it like you seek silver and uh, gold. So when you do that, then God sees that you are serious. That's important to you. I was telling uh, one of my little boys, one of my children, I said, if you do not show God you are serious about something, he will not anoint you for it. He won't. If you don't show God that you are responsible enough, for instance, if you want to prosper in school, if you don't shut off all these games and all the television things and show God that I'm, I'm serious about succeeding in class, he won't anoint you because that would be wasted investment. I said, you want God to anoint you so that you can pro- prosper in terms of life, you go to school, prosper. Shut off, throw away these games, throw away television, and say to God, I want to start, I want to pass. He will anoint you heavily. The same thing with every area of life. If you are joking, he will just leave you alone, playing, just, just wasting your time. So it, when it comes to the word of God, if you don't show God you are serious about it, if you think it's a casual thing, he will leave you with your wisdom, honestly. And you go through life normal. I mean, just the same thing would have been whether you're saved or not, normal. Standard. It's called mediocre. To live in the excellence level of the Spirit and the power of the Holy Spirit, you need to, you need to really show God your priorities. That God is number one. The kingdom is number one. Seek your faith, the kingdom is not, to, it's not to, to massage our feelings. It's the way it works. You've got to show God that the Word of God is important to you by how you, what you invest in it, sacrifice you, you make for it. Then God will show you the meaning of those metaphors, allegories. Parables. Again, let me say, casual seekers don't get much from God. No, they don't. They come to church and go. Just keep going like that. You know, God will respect your choice. He will not violate it. 
But it's up to you what choices you make. So, as we, as we read the Bible, as we talk about it, you are going to see scripture that tells you plainly that we're using metaphors. And in fact, that's what the scripture calls it. We're using metaphors and allegories. And I will tell you then what allegories mean. I haven't told you yet, but I will tell you then, and you will know. So, we're talking about, you know, receiving spiritual blessings, how to receive them, how to receive answers in prayer when you pray. How do I receive them? You know scriptures and things, but we want to go a little bit into details to show us why we have this block that is devastating many Christians today. We're praying a lot. We're not seeing a lot. Look at the scriptures in Ephesians 1.3. Ephesians 1.3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who have blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. This language is true. It says the blessings that God has given us in Christ are spiritual in nature. They are spiritual in nature. They are not physical in nature. They are not physical in nature. They are what? I didn't hear you. They are what? I want you to say it aloud. They are what? You must know it. That what you are asking God to give you to do is come from spirit world. And God is not going to drop dollar in your laps. He's going to give you the anointing of the spiritual resources that will make that thing manifest in the physical. So what, we, what, what God gave, gave us in Christ are spiritual blessings that will make this physical manifest in response to what God has given us through Christ. You must know that. If you don't know that, you'll be looking for it in the physical and you miss God immediately. So the Bible says our blessings are spiritual blessings. And since they are not physical, we cannot therefore receive them from with my physical arms. You don't receive anything spiritual with anything physical. You don't. You don't. It doesn't work. You can't receive healing by your physical means. It doesn't work. The spiritual world is different. The physical world is different. And there's a, sh- a chasm between them. A chasm is a big gulf. So you can't receive spiritual things physically. And that's what a lot of Christians try to do. They're looking for the answers in the physical, physical realm. And then when they, when they don't see it, they switch into unbelief and immediately nullify all their prayers. Cancel everything. I wonder why it's not working. It does work. I'm telling you. So look at what happened, for instance, when you got saved, when you came to Christ. Ephesians 2.8, God saved you by his grace when you believed. When you what? Believed. That's all you did. That's all you did was just believe. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Again, let's see how this gift really works from how we started it all. Because it's not different. Verse 9, salvation is not a reward for the good things you have done, so none of us can boast about it. You simply believed. You, sim- you didn't receive salvation with physical hands. You didn't receive it by goose pimples. You simply believed it. And incredible stuff happened to you that you didn't even feel in your body. One of the greatest miracles of your life took place. Activity of the Holy Spirit took place. You didn't even feel it, nothing. Absolutely no feelings at all. It's the same thing with healing. So what happened when we came to Christ? Just using it as an example to illustrate to us that you can't receive spiritual things with physical hands, with physical means. That's why many people try to do it, and it doesn't work. Then you play into the hand of the devil. Quickly, he knows that you just don't understand because you're pressing the physical a lot. Colossians 1.11, when you came to Christ, when you came to Christ, you were, what, were, what happened to you? You were what? You were what? 
I didn't hear you. You were what? Did you feel it? I'm asking you. But you were circumcised. Did you feel pain? Did you feel anything? Did you feel any sensation? Did you feel any? Felt nothing. Why? Because it's what's what happening in your spirit. You were circumcised. But not by a physical procedure. For the blessings are spiritual in nature. But they will cause the physical to respond to it. Because the things that you see are made by the things you don't see. But not by a physical procedure. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision by cutting away of your sinful nature. This happened to me and you. And yet we didn't feel anything. But it was a reality. Colossians 2.13 says you were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. When you, were, you didn't come to Christ, it was not yet cut away. And because of that, you were dead because you didn't have God. You didn't have the source of life. When the word dead means you're separated from life, God is the source of life. You were dead. You were dead because you hadn't come to Christ. Now, then God made you alive with Christ, which means when you came to Christ, God cut away your, your sinful nature and gave you life through the Spirit of Christ that takes, takes place of that. So you are now joined to Christ. You are joined to Christ. And just as life flows from the tree to the branch, the life of Christ flows from his spirit to your spirit continuously and forever. If you read the Holy Communion, Jesus says something amazing. Say, see this thing. He said, I will not drink it with you until we do it in the kingdom. We're going to celebrate this thing even in the kingdom. That's what he said. Because what I'm giving you is an everlasting gift. For, for eternity, you have my life. For eternity. So he says, he says, uh, he says uh, uh, then God made you alive with Christ, which means when you receive Christ, life came. That's how life came. It's like budding. You know, I taught this one time. You bought some, you take a part of a tree and you cut it and bud it. Then sap begins to flow from the one that has life to the one that is, uh, you cut. And then that, that one begins to have the nature of the one that you. That's how they do tree budding. They cut. Is that budding they call it? Yeah, you cut a branch. You want it to produce a, a sweet fruit. You cut this and attach to this. And then the nature of the big one begins to flow into the branch. And the, the next fruit you get from there is testing. That's exactly what God did with, with us and Christ. He cut off this to Christ and put joined to us. And then the, the life, the good life of Christ. In fact, my, 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 my grandson, uh, uh, CJ, taught it at the last set. He taught all this thing. I'm not kidding. He gave it this thing in details. He told us that the good life of Christ, the life of Christ, the love of Christ is flowing into us who were loveless, who didn't have it. He says, so we're supposed to reflect that life everywhere we are. I don't know, CJ is about eight years or nine. That's what he was teaching us at the last set. And as I crossed my leg, I said, Lord, to you be all the glory. Through the mouths of babes, you are perfecting praise. Many adults don't even know this. So what, that's what scripture is saying. We received life. There was a circumcision, and a small boy was teaching us this, that the good life of Jesus was now flowing into us so that we too should live that good life now, that the old life is gone. Now, who among us felt anything in your body? Was your proof that you felt goose pimple or what? No. You simply believe because the scripture said, so, am I talking to the right people? Second Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is what? A new what? What is creation? He's created 
new, not, not panabited. It's a new creation. The Holy Spirit doesn't lie. All things passed away. What are the old things that passed away? The sinful nature that was cut off. Behold, all things have become new. Now he tells us, now all these, all these things are of God, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us this ministry also of reconciliation. Ephesians 2.10. Just want to show you what you received and you didn't feel anything. Ephesians 2.10. For we are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. He created us. You see, he created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long time. He created us. There was a circumcision. There was a joining. A serious activity that took place and yet you didn't feel nothing because it's spiritual. Ephesians 4.24. Put on your new nature created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. So these spiritual blessings are revealed exclusively by the word of God and by the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2.10. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. By his spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that reveals these spiritual things because you don't see them. Don't. I don't see them. But he's telling you what they're like. Telling you the realities in the spirit world you don't see. So, but it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. For his spirit teaches, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit. And no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit. So we can know now the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. It's not, there is no person, there is no source, there is no existence in the physical that can tell us this. You can't get it from, from, from um, your college. You can't get it from science. You can't get it from anywhere. That's why Jesus said to Peter, he said, flesh and blood did not reveal me to you, my father in hell. So you can't get it from any other source. There's only one source of this information. It's coming from the Spirit of God. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit. We are telling you about these blessings that are given to you freely, but we are not using words that come from human dictionary. We are telling you words that come from the Holy Spirit. He is giving us this word to give to you. Using spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. Stay there. Spiritual in nature, it comes to you by spiritual revelation through the Holy Spirit. Verse 14. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's spirit. Why? Because it sounds foolish to them. Why? They can't see it. They can't feel it. And that's why a lot of Christians live in this feeling and goose pimple region. That's their comfort zone. Once there's no goose pimple, God hasn't moved. If you're in that region, get out quickly. Because you are going to miss God one million miles away. God is not a goose pimple thing. He's not aiming to make you feel good. It's not aiming to make you feel, it's not about your feeling. God is doing the real truth, spiritual thing. Serious business God is doing is not about to make me feel good. Or help. That's not what he said. And then he says that only those who are spiritual can receive it. Verse 14. But people who are spiritual cannot receive it. So only spiritual people can receive it. Now let me show you that you have the potential to know it. 
You may not know it, but God has given you the potential to know it because you are spiritual. The day you got born again, you, you, were, you became really spiritual because you are born of the spirit, so you have your spirit component, which is very much alive. That's you received life. So look at, look at Romans 8, 9. But ye are not in the flesh. You are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Why? That which is born of the spirit is what? How many of us are born of the spirit? So if you are born of the spirit, that's what you're talking about you. You are no more just flesh. I said it at the beginning of this year. If you really want to walk in all the blessings of God, you must be sure of your identity to start with. As identity crisis will make you lose your blessings to the, devil, to the thief. So now it says, but you are not in the flesh. You are not. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. But now you are born of the spirit. So, but in the spirit. So if, if, so, if so be that the spirit of God dwell in you now, you are not just flesh. You are born of the so you are spirit. Let me read it again. Romans 8, 9. Romans 8, verse what? Now, I want us to read it together. I hope you can see it, can you? At least I'm reading this one. Your size should be good enough now. Okay, I'm reading this one. You read that one. Let's go. Okay, stop there. So how many people have the Spirit of God in them? So you say you are not of the flesh. You are not just flesh. You are now in the Spirit because you are now a Spirit being. You are born of the Spirit. So how can anybody describe you as anything else except that you are now born of the Spirit. You are of the Spirit. You are now in the Spirit. You are not in the flesh. You are now of the Spirit. You belong to the Spirit. You, you know, I was reading to the Sunday school teachers, I think, the scripture that the, the Hebrews write. He said, he said, we have our fathers in the flesh who corrected us. He said, and we listen to them. He said, how about our father in the spirit? The father of spirits. He said, there are two fathers you have. The father in your flesh and then the father of spirits, which is God. He said, will you not listen to him to correct you so you live? You must, must, must be conscious of the spirit realities that this thing is not natural and you are not even natural. You are peculiar. You are not in the flesh. You are in the spirit. You are born of the spirit, and you are a spirit being, living in the body. It calls this a temple. Can I hear amen? So you have the potential to know these things. Every Christian has the potential, but not every Christian knows it. Now, the other thing tells you, it says, but, but those who are carnal will not hear. Who are these? These are carnal Christians whose mind is clogged with carnal thoughts, natural things. They think about this business of this world. So they see, this, they see everything from the natural point of view. They live in the world. They live in the natural things. That's their comfort zone. If the world doesn't confirm it, they don't take it. If their body doesn't say so, they don't take it. If their feeling doesn't say so, they don't take it. And yet they come to church. They sing about Jesus. They clap about Jesus. They read scriptures, preach it, talk about it, but they don't leave it. Why? Their mind is so locked into this. Brethren, what I'm telling you, Paul faced this problem all his life. He was heartbroken. He, Christians were not growing and becoming spiritual. He, he wrote to every church he wrote. This was the main issue Paul faced. He wrote to the Ephesians. He said, you know why I gave you pastors and teachers? It's to make you grow. Because they weren't growing. He said, it's to make you grow. So you come to the full maturity of Christ. Then he wrote to the Corinthians. He said, you are carnal. So what will I say? Will I give you? Will I give you the revelation I've received? You can't take it. He wrote in the Hebrews. He said, "When you are supposed to be matured, you are still babies drinking milk." He wrote the Philippians. 
He said, you're all a bunch of selfish people. Only one person among you is seeking the things of Christ. That man faced this frustration, and it hasn't gone away. The greatest need you have as a Christian is to, del- to have your, the word of God deliver your soul from the lockdown of the world. You must, it's important. The Bible says the soul is saved, which means something is holding it down. We all grew up focused on the world. That's why we lived our, our life until we came to Christ. So it's something the Bible says, the word of God is able to save your soul. Which means if it, is the, it means to save means something is locked it down. So we're used to this natural thinking now. Most of, okay, let me challenge you. Most of the time, when you lie down, what do you think about? Let's wind the church up. What do you think about? Why does your mind roll over? What they said to you, what happened yesterday? Ah, uh, this person, they treat me well. What I'm going to do tomorrow, planning for tomorrow. This person didn't do this. It's just remain around this world. When you wake up in the morning, where does your mind go to? Let's be real. Even if you want to meditate, find this battle. You want to meditate, all of a sudden, your mind slips away to where it's comfortable. Am I telling lies? You have to force it what? Back. The Bible says, take it captive. Take your thoughts captive. Bring it back. Because the, your mind is natural. That's where it lives. You and I, we live, it's our comfort zone. But in that zone, it's not where God is acting. The Bible says, let your affection be on things on high, where Jesus says. The, the spirit world is totally different from this natural world. If you can get this and get your mind renewed with the truth, and then fight this into get your soul delivered from you lie down and focusing on things that are worthless, don't have too much value, and start focusing on, you lie down and start focusing on Jesus Christ, and start, you begin to have interaction with the Holy Spirit immediately. Once you start, because that's what he came to do, is to show you Christ. He starts showing you mysteries of life, mysteries of life. And you start, you start dwelling in the scriptures, dwelling in the scriptures, dwelling in the scriptures, you sleep off. Your spirit is still active. Praise the Lord. I said, praise the Lord. Are you following me? So when our mind is clogged up with natural things, spiritual things recede from our reality. So the scripture, I say, we can't receive these things because they look foolish now. You know, when I pray for healing, for instance, do you know where I'm looking for the answer first? Let's be real again. Where am I looking for the answer first? Come on, talk to me. Ah, you are not talking. Let me try this side. Where am I looking for the answer? Huh? Why am I looking for the answer? You know why? Because that's where I dwell. That's, why I, that's where I'm comfortable. That's, that's the world. That's my world. So if, I, if it's not happening there, it's not happening. It's not happening. So look at Thomas, a typical example. John 20, 24. But Thomas, one of the 12, called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, We have seen the Lord. He said unto them, except, except I shall what? See, what am I supposed to see? Except I shall see what? His hands, the print of what? Yes. And put my finger where? To the print of his nest. And do what again? Thrust my hands into? He said, I will not believe. Or he said, Thomas did that. But that's why a lot of people live. Except they see it. If you like, preach in December. The soul needs to be saved. I'm telling you people now. The soul needs to be saved. That's what the Holy Spirit said. Something is holding it down. It needs to be saved from that thing that is keeping it. It's called carnal-mindedness. It's a dangerous place to live as a Christian because the devil will use it to rob you of everything God has done for you. I'm turning you into a religion. You know the worst spirit is religious spirit. That's why people 
get into the aircraft and kill everybody there because religious spirit is propelling them and you are doing it for God. You know why they kill Jesus? Religious spirit. They thought they were serving God. A religious spirit can make you do anything because you think it's God. It may not be God. So Thomas said, I'm not, I'm not believing this, you know. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm, look, there are three things I need to do. I need to see in his hands the print of the nails. I want to see where the nail pierced it. Then I put my finger to make sure. Then I thrust my hand where? The side. So even seeing is not enough. I need to feel. <laughs> I need to do this. Are you healed? Yeah, I'm believing God. Shout. Mm, bro, I'm believing God. I'm believing nothing. I'm in doubt and unbelief. That's not the language of it. John 20, 26. And after eight days again, his disciples were within, Thomas with them. Then came Jesus himself. The doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then said he to Thomas, You want to see? Okay. Reach hither my, thy finger now. See my hands. Reach hither thy, thy hand. Trust into my side and be not faithless, Thomas, but believing. Thomas answered and said, What did Thomas say? Huh? Huh? My Lord. So what convinced him? It's not the scripture. It's not the scripture. It's not what Jesus was preaching to them. All this time I was with them, telling them this will happen, this will happen. I will rise on the third day. All that, Thomas, all that wasn't working for Thomas. His evidence is touch, see, piam. And Jesus said, see, prove from here. And Jesus rebuked him. He said, that's called doubt. You are not believing me. You are not believing me. Now in verse 29, Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. He said, that's not why you should believe, Thomas. He said, blessed are, blessed are they that have not what? You want to walk in the blessings? Take note of what Jesus is teaching. Don't go, don't go like Thomas. You have to walk to say, get your mind delivered from this world. You just have to. You know, I was sharing with uh, my little boy, I know. So after I preached on Sunday, and the Lord, because most of the time when I finish preaching, God started teaching. Start talking to me about the sound. He said to me, he said, do you know what you said about this person that was listening to this music and started dancing? He said to me, he said, you know, a Christian may not be dancing, but his mind is being renewed by the devil. He said, renewal of mind is not only by me. The devil renews your mind towards his own. Do you get what I'm saying? He said, by his word, he's renewing your mind to his image and his character. He said, what informs a Christian wearing these things they wear and feeling comfortable that this is fashion? He said, his mind has gone dark. So the dark things appeal to him. The truth is far from his mind. So what he accepts now that guides him is what the devil bitches out of him. Because his mind is being renewed negatively. So instead of his soul being saved, his soul is going deeper into captivity. That's why you see a Christian, they will go and drink and argue about it. They commit adultery, they argue about it. They do all manner of things. You tell them this is not scripture, they argue about it. Something has held their soul captive. Jesus said, be careful how you hear. Can I hear amen? Be careful what? If all you hear is corona, you'll be so full of fear of corona. If you wake up, anything that happens around you, you, you think is corona. But that's all you hear. Christians must understand that we live in a perilous world. This is the dangerous time. The devil is active, trying to destroy people. And he's serious. He's not playing around now. You've got, to, you've got to take scriptures and delve into it and live into it. Chew it morning, afternoon, and night. Get your heart delivered from his influence. 
so that your fellowship with the Holy Spirit will be intimate. When you walk with the Holy Spirit, you easily you see iniquity. It will be so clear to you that this is iniquitous. We have no attraction for you. No attraction for you. No. You, you know one of our sisters? She, she was wearing all this obonte. You know what obonte is? Abonte is this short thing they wear, college fashion. And she was worried and worried. And then she wore it out one time. And then the Lord said to her, how does this glorify me? He said, really? He said, how does it bring a soul to me? He said, how can anybody believe you to look like the world? You don't represent me. He said, I said, do all things decently and what? Not. What you're doing is not my word. Can't represent. She ran back to the house. I think, my, did you hear it? She ran, God spoke to him. She said, you're not representing me. Do all things decently in another. It's my word. You, they've taken your heart away. It's bound by their, by their values. Your mind has been renewed negatively. So that's why it's okay for you. How can showing your laps be okay? Even the culture where you and I came from, is that okay? Even the culture where we came from, can't we be proud of what we have? Is there nothing to be proud of that God gave you as a people? Mark 5.22. If you are hearing me, shout hallelujah. Yeah. Am I too hard? No, let me soften a little bit. <laughs> Praise the Lord, somebody. Let me even ask you. No, 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 let's even talk. If you have a daughter or a sister, you say, I want to, a, a, a son or a brother, say, I want to marry this sister. And you know that that sister wears a barata. Will you recommend? I'm asking you, will, will you recommend? Are you not going to say, brother, brother, have you prayed? Why? Our people say a good market says sister. But their fruits you shall know them. Who among you being a father, a mother, a sister, we take, will not call his brother and say, bro, 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 please let us pray about this thing again. But if it's somebody whose testimony is standing out, he says, sister, there's this bro, there's sisters that I want to marry. Say who? Ha! Praise the Lord, oh! My brother, ha! I think God is speaking to you. Yeah, I think the Lord. What makes the difference? The testimony. You know we ruin our chances doing all this. That will not be your passion in Jesus' name. So Mark 5.22. When they and behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus, by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at, at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed. And she shall live. And Jesus went with him. And much people followed him, thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and has suffered many things of many physicians, and has spent all she had, and was nothing better but grew worse. When she heard, when she had heard about Jesus, all the evidence she had was what she heard about Jesus. That's all. That's what told her healing is here. What other evidence do you need? The same evidence is your Bible. The healing is here. Came in the praise behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch his, but his clothes, I may be made whole. What happens? Shall be made whole. It's a definite statement. This is what is going to happen. Where did you get the evidence, madam? I heard about him. It's what I heard. It's the evidence I have. What I heard. And then, Verse 28, uh, verse 29, and straightway the fountain of his blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed 
of her plague. Now let me talk about this feeling in her body. She wasn't going there to, to seek feeling. She said, I'll be made whole. So you see, when you receive the spiritual things, eventually it shows up in your body. Eventually it shows up in your body. It wasn't, her evidence to say, I shall be made whole is not, it's not the feeling. No, she wasn't going for the feeling. But she received the healing and it showed up in her body. Very simple. It works that way. It just works that way. But you know some people go for feeling. You know, I used to, there was a time in my life that if I start praying, I want to hear people before, for all over the place. Once I didn't start praying, or if I look at you for a few minutes, you follow. They are just, I was laying hands on people and the Lord said to me, he said, stop that. <laughs> he said, they'll, they'll, they'll be coming to fall down. They will not receive anything. He said, teach them my word. My word will do the job. He said, teach them. He said, not only will it heal them, it will produce character in them. He said, I'm more interested in their life reflecting me than they receive miracle and go away and reflect the devil. See, teach them the word and they will leave and get more than you can, I can do through you. They will get the miracles, all of it, on their own. And then now, be able to teach others the same thing. He said, that is what reveals me to them in reality when they say that I am close to them more than they think I am. They stop all of that. So I stopped all of that. So I, really, do I lay hands on people? Right? Because I know the word of God will do anything. Because all things are possible to them I believe it. And dependence Christianity is not God's model. God's model is for you to grow and be independent so that you get the same things, enjoy the same privileges all the children of God enjoy. Before God, there is no favoritism. Praise the Lord. So the only evidence of spiritual blessings like we read is what the word of God tells us. In 1 Corinthians 3.13, let's repeat that. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using words to explain spiritual truth. Now, these words <clears throat> given to us, what are they? Jesus told us in John 6, 63, it is the Spirit that quickens it. The flesh profits you nothing. So all that feeling, goose then Jesus said, who flesh will profit you anything? You are not going to get my information from your flesh. You are not going to get it from, the, from this world. You are not going to get it there. He said, the, fl- the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak unto you is what is key. They are spirit, they are life. 64 says, but there are some of you that believe not. He said, the flesh will not help you out. If you want these things, go to the words I'm speaking to you. They are spirit, they are life. Now, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Remember, Paul said, when we tell you these things, we tell you these things with the word that the Spirit of God gave us. And then what is this word that the Spirit of God gave? gave? Jesus said, this word I speak to you from me. That's the word I'm giving to you. Then Paul, the scripture says, all scripture, 2 Timothy 3, 16, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. So all scripture is, what, is the word that God is giving to you. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for Reproof for correction, for instruction in righteousness. All scripture. The words that Jesus gave, all scripture. It's what you, you don't need facts from people. You don't need doctrinal, denominational, whatever. If it's not from the scripture, it's not given by the Holy Spirit. It's simple. You don't have to be a rocket scientist to know this. Show me chapter and verse, sir. Let's go there. And it's not just one chapter and verse. For at the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be 
establish. Don't give me one scripture and you're wrong with it. No, I want another one. I want to confirm it. Scriptures. Paul said we confirm spiritual things, confirm spiritual things, not carnal things. I don't want reasoning. Show me scripture. Let's create another scripture that tells us what is true. We'll get it in context and make sure we're following the Lord correctly. That's what you owe yourself. That's what I owe myself. In Luke chapter 24, 45, see what the Spirit of God does. Then opened he their understanding. The all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Now, this is what the Holy Spirit does. They opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. See, all those metaphors and allegories and par- parables, and only the Spirit of God can open your eyes to understand them. But if you want, if you want, he does. But if you don't want, it's your choice. Then opened he their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. And he said to them, Toss it is written now. Toss it behove Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day. Then he began to show them. So it's, it's, the Holy Spirit opened their eyes to understand what is that they've been reading all this while. Look at Romans 8.16. Romans 8.16 says, for, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are sons, God's children. Which means the, the witness you get comes from your spirit. Who knows that these blessings are spiritual blessings? It's a spiritual activity. It's not natural activity. So your spirit is the one that knows it. I mean, the spirit of God knows it and bears witness with your spirit. It doesn't bear witness with your flesh at all. Let me make a statement here. You m- Stop writing. Listen to me. The first person that knows anything God is doing in your life is your spirit, not your flesh. And your spirit will witness to you that this is what God has done. When I get healing in my body, I don't go by flesh. Once, my, once when I pray and I have that witnessing in my spirit that God has answered this prayer, that's all. I don't care what, I don't even look at anything outside anymore. Because I've gotten that with my spirit has told me. Stop. Say, Pastor, did you see it? What, did Jesus said the flesh profited uh, nothing. So why am I employing my eyes? It's useless. You know when I had this with something. Man, it was so, oh, so painful. I had healing the way I've never had it before. I had my nerves being stretched, stretched. Both sides. I had it. This one pulled like that. I'm not kidding you. And I had my bones being moved. I had it, but that was not physical here. I had it. Was stretched. This one, this was pulled, pulled, pulled. That something was pulling that I had it stretching. Cracker, cracker, cracker. And then the bones made cracker, cracker, I want anybody. I want to run with somebody after service. <laughs> Look at it. I'm telling you, I had it, but that was not my evidence. In spite of those things, no, my evidence was scripture. If you believe, you have it. I said, Lord, I believe, I have it. In spite of those things, I knew I wasn't hearing that thing with this ear. I was hearing what was preaching because it wasn't physical. I had the kurukuru, and not once. Tw- that happened twice. The first one happened, I had, bim, 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 like they pulling something. It happened again twice. But my evidence is not from there. In spite of all that manifestation, no. It's the word Christ gave, the witness of the Holy Spirit within me. That, that's all I want. The flesh prophets what? But don't engage it. Don't employ it. Don't talk about it. People will talk about it because that's why they live. That's why you don't practice your faith before just anybody. When Jesus wanted to heal somebody, he drove them away. Can I hear amen? I said, can I hear amen? You remember the woman that Elijah told? He said, go and borrow 
Borrow what? He said, after borrowing, close your door. Don't let your neighbors come in. They will stop that miracle. Close your door. Ready? You want to see the glory of God? Learn to close your what? Stop talking everywhere. The person you are talking, does he know what you are saying? He will talk out of the miracle immediately. Close your mouth. After they've said anything, say, bro, thank you. God bless you. Just look at them. <laughs> thank you. I don't bother with people. They say, pastor, wow, awesome. <laughs> when they laugh, you laugh. <laughs> but your laughter is different. Their own is, <laughs> if they're going, you escort them. Immediately they go, you turn around and say, Lord, that's not my witness. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> He's taking his evidence from what you told us does not profit what anything. I'm not taking it from there. Let me show you what to take it from. Romans 8, 16. Are you, are you getting me? Romans 8, 16. For his spirit joins with us, our spirit, to affirm. That's what is important. What is the Holy Spirit? Has, what has it affirmed in your spirit that you know and that you know that God has done this thing? To affirm that we are God's children. In the New King James Version, it says, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if we are now children, then we are heirs and heirs of God, joint heirs with Christ. 1 John 5.10. 1 John 5.10. He that believeth on the Son of God, what does he have? What does he have? Are the witness. If you, ever, if you believe God, once you believe God, the Holy Spirit witnesses to you that he has shall See, he that believeth on the Son of God had the witness in himself. If you believe you are healed, you have the witness in yourself. You don't need anybody to tell you. But he that believeth not has made him a liar. He doesn't have any witness. So all this thing, Pastor, do I, do I have faith? No, you don't have. Don't ask me. Because if you have, you have witness in yourself. Once you have that faith, the Spirit of God will witness it in you. Yeah, you're on the right. You know, one time I was studying the scripture. One verse started flapping like, 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 out of my, out of my, out of my Bible. It, it will come like, 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 um, fluorescent that is doing like this. Lifted up, lifted up. I said, I'm going to read this one over and over and over. As I was reading it, the Lord said to me, that's the scripture I want you to focus on. Go back to that place. He that believeth on the Son of God had the witness in himself. If you believe you are healed, you have the witness in yourself. If you believe your prayer is answered, you have the witness in yourself. Once you believe, the Holy Spirit witnesses. Because he's co-laborer with you. He's working together with you. He's your helper. He's guiding you. He's there for you. You are not on your own. You are not on your own. He knows your limitations. So he comes to help you know that you are doing the right thing. He knows you are in the middle of spiritual battle. The enemy wants to deceive you. He comes to witness to you. No, you got it now. Yeah, you have it. You may not hear a voice, but you have this conviction somehow. Does anybody know what I'm saying? You have this conviction that God has answered this way. But everything outside is running here where? But that's not your proof. That's not your evidence. You see, it comes by training yourself to deliver your soul from the, the shackles of carnal thinking and being dependent on the world and you lie down in the night. You, you, you know, some of you don't sleep. Am I, oh, my, my this thing say, yeah. It said, like, boom, that's good, yes. Some of you, you know why you don't sleep? You're all thinking about this kind of world. Want to sleep? Let me give you this. I have one simple medicine I'll give you now. It's free. You sleep. You know what the scripture says? It says, God will keep you in perfect peace. Whose mind is what? You stay on him, you sleep off. I found another way to sleep is praying the spirit. My wife will tell you. Once, once I start praying the spirit, boom, I'm gone. Or I start listening to scriptures. 
I go to my bed with scriptures, wake up with scriptures. I don't even have much in this world. So what is bothering me? I think two, two, many of you are too rich. I think that's your problem. Me, what do I have that's bothering me? Where do you see me? I don't have too much. What do I, what, <laughs> you know? <laughs> my wife saw me the other day. She you don't even wear stockings. I said, <laughs> I don't have much. <laughs> when you have too much money, it's a problem. But when you don't have too much, there's nothing you're calculating. Two expenditures is gone. So what are you calculating? It's the Lord. There's nothing to calculate. <laughs> the Lord will help us. Did, did you get anything? Did you get anything? Please, please, I'm begging you. Soak yourself in scriptures. Save yourself from this carnality that binds people's souls. Go to bed. Take your talk captive and say, I'm focusing you on Christ. You're going nowhere. I'm going nowhere, I'm telling you. I'm going to discipline you. Paul said, I put my body under control. No, 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 no. When you wake up, your mind wants to drift to something. You say, no, captivity. I'm taking you captive. Come back here. Come back here. <laughs> start dwelling on, the, on Christ, what he did for you on the cross. If you start fighting that battle, pretty soon it becomes your normal way of doing things. And I want to tell you, one month two into this, watch your life. Watch your life. You are going to say, oh my God, what have I been doing? You will see things happen for you that will blow your mind. You will know the, Spirit, the Holy Spirit is real. And angels are real. Very real. You realize that you've left the world of power into the world where there's no power. The world of glory to the world where there is shame. Lord will help us in Jesus' name.